0: Hello all and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today I have me a very special guest, Patrice Fitzgerald. Patrice, how are you doing today? I'm great, thank you. Yeah, anytime I can find somebody on Twitter and I can get them on, I feel pretty accomplished. Like I said, that one's been kind of hard lately, so I was so happy that I, I was going to reach back out to Patrice because uh, actually I was, I was looking back through the messages and things and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. I just instantly fell in love with your book covers. I really enjoyed the blurbs and the reviews and everything. I went to your website again and checked it out. And I was like, I really think she'd be really good. Cause I was looking for more um, sci-fi authors to help, you know, even out with fantasy and stuff. It seems like everybody has been a fantasy author has gotten back to me. Sci-fi was a little harder. So I'm so glad that, you know, we could reconnect and get you on today. So really excited. I'm
1: thrilled, thrilled that you found me. And of course, with with the interesting goings at Twitter these days, one doesn't know, but we connected <laughs> so good.
0: Well that's where one thing was I was like oh I should probably that was at the time too with the merger I was like I should probably try and get a hold of some of these authors where they at least have my email you know in case something happens so yeah I was really glad that we could do that and glad that things are starting to kind of settle there cuz I've gotten a lot of authors through Twitter uh in the past and they've always been really great interviews and it's been nice to you know have some different relationships versus some of the ones you know that I find on Instagram and Facebook but Twitter's always been my go-to, so I was happy that we could, you know. Twitter
1: is maybe for the talkers, for the people who really want to interact, and Instagram, I don't know, more visual, right? Yeah,
0: no, I I never considered that, but that's actually a really good point. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we'll start with my favorite question there, Patrice. It was actually given to me uh, by uh, a guest a long time ago. Uh, What has your writing journey been like up until this point?
1: Well... Gosh, it's been a long journey. Uh, yeah. Like most writers, I was a big reader as a kid, and I didn't discover science fiction right away because my dad was a NASA engineer, oh, wow. and I thought that science was for boys. And um, it wasn't until I stumbled, and I was a big library user back in the day. Um, I would go home with the maximum books, which I think was eight or 10 or something. And the librarian would tell me, oh, you're not going to be able to read those. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I am. And I'd come back two weeks later and I'd read them all. So okay. I I think the first sci-fi book that I found, I didn't realize it was science fiction because they they would actually put little stickers on the end. of the, Maybe I'm dating myself here that had, I guess, for a detective, it would be like a uh, um. A magnifying glass or something or the guy in the funny hat and for science fiction they put rockets but I, as I said I didn't really look for those because I thought for boys and then I, there was one that didn't have the sticker on it I think it was the door into summer which was Robert Heinlein and I read that book and I thought this is great and it's full of it was about time travel and um, I think I'm getting the right book and uh it, all kinds of interesting ideas and i so i started reading everything that he wrote and of course he did have these juveniles as they called them and at the time i was a juvenile so i really ate them up and that was the beginning and then you know some of the the very well known older sci-fi writers arthur c Clarke and isaac asimov etc um so that's what really pulled me into it and and what i love about it is it's limitless, you know, you create the world, you create the characters, you you can come up with things that don't exist now and probably will never exist. Yeah. Um, but you, the sky's the limit, literally.
0: Yeah,
1: And that's what's cool about it for me. So that was the beginning of my writing journey in terms of science fiction.
0: Mm. Well, I definitely agree with you. Science fiction was where I started. I was a huge Star Wars fan and I, oh my gosh, there was so many. I remember the same thing with library there were so many science fiction books and I think my my grandfather and I really sat there with science fiction theater you know I w- grew up okay. watching Buck Rogers um the original Battlestar Galactica I mean I, got, I never it's realized going that.
1: back a ways Buck yeah, Rogers. I,
0: yeah <laughs> him and I would just we would just and he he was a big movie buff so we went to so many different movies I mean it was, yeah, I I just was talking to another uh, sci-fi author private the other day and he's like, why do you like sci-fi so much? I'm like, well, I'm like, I I really think it's my grandfather. Like that's what we did, you know? And like, we, we watched movies together. He took me to the movies like all the time. I can go on to Disney plus Plus, be like, I saw that in theater, that in theater. And you know, that's what we did. But yeah, I, I credit him because he really, really got me, you know, really interested, you know, in the characters, the stories, you know, things like that. And then once I watched star Wars, it was, it was all over, and that's when I started to read, and once my, I had a great librarian, she was actually a librarian at my school for the public library, too, and so I had her at school, and she would oh. go there, <laughs> she hand me things, and my mom I actually just saw her recently, she goes, my son's about to publish his novels next year, and you know, he wants to, oh, he wanted to tell you, like, thank you for giving him so many great books, so yeah. Wow, so a what a
1: great there. connection.
0: Yeah, it's it great, I love sci-fi, so for me, sci-fi is, um, you know, I love fantasy, I think I'm better at writing fantasy I think it's because I haven't read as even I'm trying to get caught up in my life I still think I don't don't think I've read nearly as much fantasy as sci-fi but yeah there's just something about sci-fi that for me feels nostalgic even though it's about a lot of times about the future or technology so yeah it's
1: interesting interesting that that yeah well if um when you talk about uh, Star Trek, are you talking about the original series that you've watched? Oh, that?
0: yeah, we watched the, so, oh man, for Star Trek, I, I don't know if there's a Star Trek that we didn't watch because we watched the original, um, we watched Enterprise, I think we watched all the way up until, Ooh, kind trying to think now, can't remember because he he passed away when I was 10 so we watched I watched after that too because that was like a thing that we used to do you know and that was pretty comforting for me um and then yeah so I think I watched up oh I'm trying to think of who um it was the the guy I wonder why I'm blanking right now the guy that played in Quantum Leap the main character um oh
1: I can see him yeah yeah
0: whichever one that he was you know like uh right right around the same time as Andromeda so I kind of got with Kevin Sorbo. So I kind of got sucked into that. But Farscape mm-hmm. actually just is now right. on Roku channel for free. And I'm going back to that one. We used to watch sliders like anything on sci-fi we used to watch. I mean, and now it's nice because all those shows are coming on to the Roku channel. And I think they're like, oh, who's going to watch this 20, 30 year old show, some of our 40-50? I'm like, I'll do it. You know, because yeah. that's my sci-fi well background. people
1: obviously do. I mean, because yeah, they're yeah. showing them. So yeah. and it is it is very cool to see that that original stuff. And um You know, when I think about star, uh, when I think about sci-fi getting into the movies, Mm -hmm. I guess uh, Star Wars is is the big one. Right. And then it was it was catapulted into the popular culture as um, and I I could think about um, not science fiction, but the Indiana Jones movies with, you know,
2: um,
1: uh, Harrison Ford, of course, and how that was sort of these the uh western in space as they used to call star wars you know these adventure stories that were set in space and that has carried over to people reading sci-fi but uh, they've been reading sci-fi forever you know that goes back decades and decades
0: well then i got to college you know when they i had some professors that for history in particular which it was like it's just history but like it was cool because you know they would hand me books and stuff they'd be like titles they're like hey you would like oh you like this this is where this person came up with this idea and um I think that really helped me out in particular because when I first went to college I wanted to be an illustrator um and I really wanted to work on I wanted to work on Star Wars so badly okay Um, yeah so for writing and you know I wanted to do my everything for them um yeah so it was uh it was a very interesting time but yeah I was given you know I I read a lot of H.G. Wells um Ray Bradbury Mm -hmm. who I absolutely love. the painted man I still have not finished I have a great copy that someone's given me I just I've I don't know I've I've been saving that one because there's not much the
1: illustrated it. man or sorry the
0: illustrated man yeah, yeah sorry. I
1: was gonna say I, if there's a I painted man the theater, I didn't catch
0: that one so. the the what was it the Ray Bradbury theater um that's not yeah. what, what it's called so we used to watch that with my grandpa so I there I think that the illustrated Man's the only one of his I believe that I have not read so I've been saving that one because you know, once you once you're done with an author, you're done with an author. You know, especially right. if they've written anything. So, yeah, but yeah, science fiction definitely has always been an interest for me, and will definitely always be. A, trying, to, I'm working with a couple of sci-fi authors now to um, try and get some of my ideas down a little bit more. I started to realize that, well, you know, we had quite a few people on recently where you know we've discussed. You know, just like you just said, you know, there's just you, you, the sky's the limit, you know, you can literally do anything you want, you could do a firefly, or you could do an alien, or you could do a back to the future, you know, and I think right. that's what's cool about fantasy and sci fi is there's so many different, you know, uh, niches and genres, and even, within yeah. the genre, you know, and yeah, we're talking about military sci fi a while back, and it's like even military sci fi now, you know, has you know, all these sub sub
1: genres. Yeah. Yeah. You can pretty much take any story you want. I mean, some are are less common than others. There's not a whole lot of romance in sci-fi, but you can, you can certainly do it. And um, yes, aliens and military and however you want to spin it, because um, it's up to you to, to create it with no limits at all. You don't, you don't have to have gravity. You don't, you know, time can be different. You can take the most basic tenets of our universe and turn them upside down yeah that's
0: fun right you can be like oh this planet you know i had a friend ask me that recently i was like for a short story and uh for an anthology i was gonna um try and submit for this year and he's like well that doesn't work and i'm I'm like what are you thinking of the physics of our planet i'm like this could totally be a different universe. I said, that's what's fun about sci-fi. I said, why why write about the physics of this universe? I said that I said I think it'd be more fun doing this with this story. Um, and he's like, Oh, actually, that's a really good point. I'm like, I know. I'm like, and so he's always teasing me, he's like, What if your kid only reads fiction? I'm like, Don't you don't you wish that on this household, you know? I'm like, <laughs> have all this fancy and sci-fi stuff. My wife's always teasing me. She goes, What if it's for naught? I'm like, I was like, I don't know. I think he'll, I was like, even if there's a little bit of horror or something or supernatural or something in in the books that they read, I'm like, I'm okay. My nephew is the same thing. And we just got them all into Spider Man and Batman and, you know, just just different things. And I was my brother I said, that's sci fi. <laughs> but he, he, he's really starting to come back and be like, oh, I really did enjoy that. So it's fun. The inner kid in him, you know, the inner <laughs> sci fi and fantasy fans, superhero fans. You know coming back out so it's fun to see that but
1: i just read um recently um is it is it hell mary project or project hell mary anyway it's the andy weir the yeah, third yeah. of his books which i enjoyed a whole lot it's um it's quite different from the martian and i didn't read the middle one artemis i want to say or something like that
0: i it, know not, the crazy thing is i see the cover in my head and yeah i, I, always
1: I don't it. think it's artemis i think it's something else but something like that it's a one yeah. word Anyway, the um what his protagonist gets in the position that he's in, I won't give anything away, <laughs> um, because he wrote a paper about um life forms not needing to be, was it carbon-based or needing oxygen, no, I think it was carbon-based, and he was like the only one who said that. This is the character in the book, hmm. and um, he gets to be involved in this project because he thought outside the box, and he was the only one that that believed in that, and I used to read about um, certain things being uh, critical for life, and so we believe. But I, I was always skeptical about that. Well, how do we know, you know, yeah. That, yeah. that things have to be, even the most basic ideas of what is uh, compatible with life might be different on, on yeah, other planets, yeah. in other, yeah. you know, We're other solar older. systems. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyway. No, I, I totally agree with you. I Well, that's like, you know, going into question two, you know, for sci-fi in particular, you know, for what makes the genre great, or you know, why people pick it, I think that, you know, I, I just find it so fascinating that, you know, people are like, oh, there can't be life on other planets. And I'm like, like, you know, they're like, oh, life can't be sustained. I'm like, have you seen the Mariana Trench? You know, I'm like, it, it really to me seems like, and I was surprised when I started to, um you know, research more for one of my novels and um, one of my universes for sci-fi. And I was like, well, I think it'd be cool to branch out within our own solar system. And then, you know, discover life, you know, and I just, I think Titans, moons, you know, it's just, I get really caught up in the research because I think space is just absolutely like, if I could have, if I could pick anything, I'd, I'd be Han Solo, literally just like traveling the universe and flying right. around, you know, and like if, if I could, Genie would come right now, I'd be like, take my family with me and I do the Lost in Space thing for sure. I um, <laughs> wouldn't go well. Yeah, don't anyway.
1: leave the family behind.
0: <laughs> exactly. No, they, they have to come with me. But I just, I think it's so interesting, you know, like, there's just like, you know, there's, yeah, there's just so many things that I, I want to know. And I think the only way that you can really know as a writer is, you know, to write those stories. And I think that's what makes, you know, sci-fi so great. I just think, uh, you know, like Larry Niven, um, you know, with Ringworld. I mean, th- there were so many things in that where I was just like, oh, my gosh, like it blew my mind, you know, and to, you know, discuss different things like that with different scientists over the years. I'm like, well, wh- what do you think about this and that? You know, and to kind of see some of the technology, you know, from even like Back to the Future, you know, where mm-hmm. there's a few things where you know I didn't think we're, you know was going to be possible back then, like as a kid and stuff, and now to see some of those things, you know, um, you know, come into fruition, and I, I think. Well, then a lot
1: of things that are written in in sci-fi end up being invented or conceived of because yeah. of that.
2: That cultural um, fusion, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, and and uh, it's amazing just I mean in my lifetime the the way things have changed and the way we live our life now even compared to 20 years ago 30 years ago how um things that were unimaginable are now possible and and so no doubt that will continue to happen in the future and that is what's exciting about it and the fact that you can take any story that you want and put it in another setting and make it not necessarily futuristic i mean sci-fi can include uh time travel backward too yeah that's true and yeah. um and certainly different different uh physical places but but um things that as far as we know don't exist but could exist you know yeah, yeah. so
0: we'll look at um the new um oh my gosh speaking of star wars um Oh, the guy that played Darth Revan, Adam Brody. Adam, not one of them. Uh, but anyway, so he's um, that that actor. He's playing in a new sci-fi movie, and that's where like futuristic humans from another universe or whatever crash land here. And it's like sixty-five oh. million years ago. I think it's called sixty-five. And I'm like, it looks really great. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, there's sci-fi. I've heard of great that?
1: Great. Yeah, and I haven't just, seen. The trailer anything.
0: just dropped two days ago. I mean, it looks okay. I'll have to send it to you here after we're done. It looks really good and. I'm like, I never would have thought of that. I'm like that. I'm like, that just sounds like a terrific story. And I hope really? that somebody, you know, does something after the movie. There's certain ideas that they come up with movies. I'm like, and then nobody does anything with them. And I think that's, what's cool about, you know, um, in, you know, independent authors, um, for sci-fi or just authors in general, you're like, well, I didn't like that. They left that, you know, story there. I really liked that world. And then, you know, to do something else and then maybe combine that idea with something else. I, to continue the story, if you will, I think is what's really cool about, you know, like, like Predator, like, I, I really want to, I want to write a graphic novel or a book, I really just want to write a book about the Predators, like, I want to know more about their culture, like, I want to know more about them, I think there's some of the coolest, you know, beings in sci-fi, and people always pit them against aliens or humans, but I'm like, I just want to know more about them, and but, our,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, you yeah. know, I just,
1: I just started, I'm late to the party, but I just started watching um, White Lotus. And I was thinking of how they've, uh, I'm in the first season, so it's in Hawaii, but the second season I understand is in Italy. And uh, what if you did that in space? You know, a group of people that are, you know, some of them sort of wacky and they have their different challenges and they're there either for a vacation or for a little therapy. And uh, you could combine that with the the situation that they're in and the challenges that they face out there which would be interesting (laughs) so there's another thought so many books you know so little time to write them all
0: oh i know that. that's how i'm trying to get more more efficient (laughs) trying one of these days i will well we'll go with that third one there patrice speaking of stories so i'm really curious what are your beyond the stars anthologies about and how did you come up with these ideas
1: Well, um, it started when I was, I had a little group uh, of all women sci-fi friends. Just we, um, they didn't actually all write sci-fi. And we decided to put out an anthology. And that was actually the very first one, which is related to my anthologies. That was called Dark Beyond the Stars. Mm. And I'm trying to remember when that came out. I want to say 2014, 13, 14, something like that. And um, it's a collection of short stories and they are sci-fi. Yeah, maybe one of them is kind of sci-fi fantasy slash. Um, But it was just fun. Just a group of friends who decided to put it out. And interestingly, um, because it was a little while ago, somebody wrote a review, a guy from England who uh, I think he was just, trying to be provocative. I'm sure he was. He was a writer himself. And he just said a couple of lines um, saying that, you know, it's it's clear women can't write sci-fi. This is terrible. No. And um, <laughs> that created quite a response. They've they've taken the comments down now because it used to be you could respond to reviews. And there were like 200 responses. I mean, uh, John Scalzi chimed in and uh, Hugh Howey and a couple of other well-known writers uh, saying, of course, women can write sci-fi. And, you know, people talked about... Frankenstein maybe being the first sci-fi story, which yeah. was written by a woman and perhaps invented by women. Anyway, so that we were sort of off and running and um, that one was produced by somebody else. It's interesting because it was all women doing everything except the the guy who uh, officially published it. Mm. And um, then I decided to uh, continue the series, but I called it Beyond the Stars it's instead of Dark Beyond the Stars. It's Beyond the Stars. And in fact, um, so there are eight Beyond the Stars out now. This is the latest one. Uh, I don't know if you can see the whole thing. Yeah, it looks across the universe. Yeah, and this is, I was telling you before that the um, uh, illustrator or the the cover artist is Julie Dillon, who's a three-time Hugo winner for um, uh, her art. And she's amazing. Um, I've only worked with her and she just makes it such a pleasure uh and comes up with something new every time what's cool is that she says she gives me like three sketches very very loose sketches you know what what do you think of this kind of structure and i um i pick one of the three and then she goes and she fills it in this is the second to last one beyond the oh, stars
0: I, I love that you know i didn't even i don't the know why infinite expense i didn't I, did, I, did, I don't know why i haven't connected that that's you i saved that one um, somebody shared that on Instagram. I just love that character. I just, that's such a great cover. Yeah. Character. Aren't they beautiful? Oh. I, must um, I don't that have that one when all. I was looking you up. Yeah. Cause that's, that's one where I was like, Oh,
1: and this is oh. best of this might be, I don't know. I used to say this was my favorite, but right now I'm not sure. Cause there's such competition and that's it's another hard. Julie Dillon kind of they're a little fuzzy on the screen here but they're they're gorgeous in person and one of the things that we do that I think the authors appreciate is we put all the names on the cover so that's kind Probably. of nice there's anything between 10 and i think the best of has maybe 16 authors in it oh, wow. short stories and they range from i think the minimum is 2000 words and the longest when we went a little longer was like 8000 yeah. but such great stories i love the short story format and it's amazing what you can do. I've written short stories myself. I I usually have a short story in each of them but but not all of them and I've written novels and there's something kind of magical about sh- a short story. It forces you to be efficient. Yeah. You need to have just the right subject matter that um that you can tell in that, you know, 5000-ish 4000-ish words and and no more. Um you can't get super deeply into a character, you know, it's often, I would say, more, more the plot than the characterization, although it can certainly, you know, it's good to have deep characters too, because it's got to be concise and so effective. I I just love short stories, even not science fiction, you know, I've been uh, enjoying them. I was just thinking the other day about Four or five collections of short stories, literary short stories that I've read that have really stuck with me, because mm. they can be so powerful when they're well written. So that's what Beyond the Stars is. And we did not do one in 2022. Uh, you know, the pandemic. Maybe you've heard yeah. about the pandemic. <laughs> Things uh, were a little strange. Although I did manage to publish one while I was traveling in 2017. I um uh, we I sold my house um, and we took a trip around the world. And we were awesome. gone for um hmm, seven months eight months something like that and it was phenomenal talk about you know talk about traveling to to foreign places yeah. um but i managed to to publish one of the anthologies because it was kind of all set up to go and yeah it, i usually have them come out on my birthday which is in august
0: um when, i'm sorry when, when your birthday?
1: yes i'm sorry
0: when's your birthday because i'm in oh, august well, see, fan.
1: Oh, well, I can't tell you because it's one of those security questions. No, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's say around it's, the 28th?
1: Yes. It is, in fact, four days before the 28th, so do oh. the math.
0: Oh, cool. That's awesome. <laughs> and probably
1: the same year, right?
0: yeah yeah, yeah yeah definitely definitely, definitely. <laughs> my co-teacher says all the time I always tease him because he looks he he looks very he looks around my age and he's about I think he's about 13 years older than me so I always tease him I'm like oh, I'm getting old the kids are like well he's older I'm like not only by a few years <laughs> like <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. what well, he said like <laughs>
1: well see how you feel when you know with the new baby that'll that'll <laughs> look.
0: I think I was gonna put 13 years on me real quick so <laughs> a
1: few gray hairs there right yeah, so, yeah, yeah
0: definitely you're gonna we're gonna do a second interview next year in the spring and, six months from now and you'd be like, is that Dan? <laughs> that's
2: right.
1: That's right.
0: That's cool. Well, that's cool that you release those, uh, you know, around, you know, in your birthday month or your birthday. That's really neat. It always gives me,
1: it's a lot of work beforehand, but it gives me something to look forward to. So I missed it in 2022. I was like, Oh, it's my birthday. and no book. Awesome. So probably I'll do one in 2023. Okay. But I have to kind of get, get started because you know how it is with something like this. You, you, you put out your feelers for people and, okay. uh, and then they have to submit and then we review the stories. And my husband is in business with me, so we do that oh. together. And um, yeah, and he's an editor, too. So that's oh, that's cool. nice to have that team together. And it's great fun. Um, and in fact, um, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead in, in your uh, you know, your question list, but um, I'll go right ahead. It was my uh, that was how I found my co-author, Jack Lister, oh, cool. who's from Australia. And he submitted a short story to uh, Beyond the Stars. I think it was, yeah, it was two two of them ago. So it was Infinite Expanse. Is that true? Yes, Jack Lister. And he had in it um, a character and it was set in the universe that we eventually decided to write in. Oh, that's um, cool. And he's, he's somebody who had um, studied writing but uh, presently works as a programmer I.T programmer um and just was bubbling with ideas and he he did all kinds of like writing in his spare time but a lot of fragments and not necessarily anything cohesive so he sent me this short short story and I get a lot of you know uh submissions and many of them are wonderful but this one was really standout I just loved it and I and I wrote back to him when I you know, got to reading it because it was kind of a big pile of submissions. Yeah,
2: yeah. And
1: I said, It's great, but the ending was a little bit um not, not on the nose. You know, it kind of was didn't have um fulfilled the promise in the way it could have. Gosh. So I said, Well, do you think you could make it a little more positive rather than we have this big success and then and then the main character says, Oh, well, you know, I can't do anything about it. And I'm like, No, 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 you can't do that. So I wrote to him. And can you, would you consider, and I never do this, I might have some editorial suggestions after I accept, and and frequently I don't have any suggestions except a few word changes, but I said, would you consider changing the ending? So he uh, uh, got that, he's like a writing machine, and he wrote back to me within, I don't know, four hours or something with a new ending, and I got around to reading it like a day later and I was like, oh, that's fantastic. That's one." and in the meantime, he sent a third version and I'm like, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> I like the second one. The third one's a little better, but let's not, you know. And uh, so I said, you're you're in, it's just a matter of deciding which, which version to use. And he was so good that after I published the latest uh, anthology or the penultimate anthology, um, I said, would you consider ghostwriting for me? And he's very humble and he's never had never written anything for publication. So he said, oh, sure, that would be great. Wonderful. But, you know, do you think you could kind of mention my name and the acknowledgements? And I'm like, oh, you know, what the heck? That's silly. Of course, uh, well, let's just co-write, you know, because if I'm going to mention you, it's like the, yeah, the jig yeah. is up, right? I'm yeah, <laughs> letting yeah, people know that, yeah. that I didn't really write it. So um, we agreed to, agreed to co-author and I have never met him. Oh. Uh, I when I did that big trip, I was in Australia, but uh, I didn't know him then. So so I didn't go to see him. And it's it's you know, it's a bit of an expense to to fly to Australia and vice versa. (laughs) So we worked out where we talk about the story in advance. You know, we kind of work out a synopsis and what the plot is going to be. He does the early drafting. I do the tweaking and pulling it together and saying, oh, we should chop this out, or we should lengthen this, or this needs a little more explanation or whatever. And it's been a really fruitful working relationship. So we now have three, in fact, I shall show you. See, I don't have a shelf behind me with my books on, so <laughs> holding them up like the spokes model. And this is Captain Wu, awesome. um, Patrice Fitzgerald and Jack Lister. I put my name first um, <laughs> because my name was a little better. And I think it's clever the way my wonderful, this is another illustrator. I really like
0: that at the bottom.
1: Yeah. Oh gosh. I I have to, let me, let me find his name so I can give him credit. Um, He's here in my acknowledgments. I'm sure. Um, It is. You'd think I would know how to.
0: I'd be surprised at how many people they're like, Oh, why, why do I know this? Why do I know this?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the um, Ryan Schwartz, of course, and his uh, website, I think is the cover artist, I think. Anyway, Ryan Schwartz, just like it sounds, S-C-H-W-A-R-Z, but no T. Oh, wow. And he came up with the idea of the masking tape because the reason it's nameless is because Captain Wu, who is not uh, very much for regulations, that's her on the cover there, um, She she couldn't think of a name. So she wrote in the blank nameless.
0: That's awesome. So they,
1: David Starship Nameless. Anyway, so we now have, um, here's the second one. These are the hardcovers, which I did just for fun because oh, they're so awesome. cool to have a real hardcover. Um, Smuggler's Crew is the second one. So Captain Wu, Smuggler's Crew. And the third one is, I thought of rhyming all the three of them, but that seems silly. <laughs> um, the third one is The Path, New Path. you think I would remember, I wrote the books. <laughs> uh, so that's a trilogy. And we actually have a second trilogy um based around the uh, a sidekick already written uh oh. and we just have to kind of get it all together get it edited get it the covers made and all of that and that one well can I tell you what the books are about
0: oh please please
1: uh, okay um it, it uh as you can imagine uh Captain Wu is a smuggler and um she and her it's kind of Firefly-esque you know oh. that's the closest Salt. thing I yeah a uh <laughs> A ragged, ragtag band of uh, smugglers um, with various skills and uh, quirky personalities are trying to just survive, you know, make a living as minor pirates, or they actually deliver things. So they get things and deliver them. But, you know, of course, they run into trouble. And the the very opening of uh, Captain Wu is when they're trying to pick up this package. And it turns out to be well you won't know you still don't know what it is but by the end of the trilogy you know what it is and these aliens that are like squid shaped um but they don't know that because they're in space suits and uh yeah so you have to read the books to find out but anyway she's wild she's in her 60s and she does a lot of martial arts she likes to fight that's how she takes out her uh uh frustrations and um she's uh not your typical grandmother she is a grandmother actually and um there's a lot of pew pew there's a lot of action there's a lot of fun stuff there's time travel um light journey journeys through you know the light tunnels the gates and um it's hard to describe but it's a fun story it's the, the whole thing is fun and he's such a natural writer um so much uh energy and uh imagination i it's been a thrill to to work with jack
0: that's awesome yeah i, saying, I think you had you had me at smuggler and then martial arts grandma i'm like all right sold <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah she's it, it i mean it's it's would be the kind of thing that would be wonderful for uh film treatment because yeah, it's yeah, yeah. got lots of personality lots of action in <laughs>
0: part too. You know. <laughs> any listeners out there <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds amazing. I I like that though because there's so many. Oh, we were just talking about this a while back, a couple months ago. I feel like there's just, you know, that 17 year old farm boy thing. You know, worked for a while, but now it's like, all right, we need to mix this up. So I, I've definitely myself because I'm not 17 or 18 anymore, or even closer. Oh no. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying reading books that, you know, are, you know, my time of life. And I have this one story where um, I have like this Japanese like samurai, it's kind of like where Clive Owen, I think it was like shoot him up where he gets the baby, you know, I was like, well, that'd be cool. in like, a like a samurai setting, like a feudal Japan, get like an assassin, and then he has the kid. And, you know, and I, once we, you know, I knew that my wife was pregnant, you know, my writing kind of took a little bit of a turn, you know, and, I connect more with my characters that are having children or have had children, you know, or, you know, things like that. And having character, different characters at different stages of their lives, you know, writing and reading to me now, you know, interests me a lot more than it did when I was younger. When I was younger, I wanted, you know, young adult or whatever, you know, or maybe people a little bit older than me, but now it's like, especially as a writer, I find it so much more interesting to find stories of characters, you know, of different ages. Cause I'm wondering what, what they went through or what they're going through, how are they dealing with that? You know, how do you deal when you're 16, you're not, you know, your grandma and you're in space right. you're 30 anymore. Like how do you solve those problems, Like, you know, what kind of problems you have? Like, I don't know, to me, it just, it's a lot more interesting now. And then, especially as a writer, I'm like, oh, it just, I think it makes more interesting stories than if everybody is like 22 to 25 or something like that. It got really boring for a while there for me. So I'm glad that a lot of different authors, you know, have decided to write, characters of different ages, because I think it really adds to, and different stages of life. I think it's a really, you know, important part, like seeing Han Solo as a dad versus seeing Han Solo when he was younger, like that was really compelling for me, you know? And I thought that that was very interesting. Uh, so that really got me interested in reading more characters his age, you know, particularly in the film. So I think that's. Yeah. Something. In
1: these stories, the, um the relationship between uh, Wu and uh, eventually her daughter and her granddaughter is really uh deep in the heart of the story it's not just about um the adventures and the you know making a living although it is that and the fighting the aliens and the you know finding out what's going on um and this uh, nameless universe is huge we've only begun to scratch the surface in terms of all the things that are going on in there and and will go on in there But it has that it's when I think of really great stories and when I think of really great films, I think of, you know, this is um, well, (laughs) it's it has many problems now, but Gone with the Wind as a story is, you know, a, a a romance and a microcosm of what's going on in people's lives, but it's set against a huge backdrop of a war. I mean, there are lots of things. I mean, Titanic is another thing. There's something really that really happened in history that's larger than life. And then there's the story of the individuals. And um, the best kinds of books, I think, sort of have that grand backdrop and also personal stories of characters that you follow and that's what that's what we're trying to do here and we've really just started with the first two trilogies but there's a whole lot more to explore so um and as i said jack is speedy with the writing he's just recently sent me three more short stories and i'm thinking okay so maybe we'll do a a collection of short stories they're not that short either you know ten thousand words or so um you know novellas basically so um, it's very exciting and and we haven't even you and I haven't even scratched the surface about the freedom of self-publishing, which is really wow. only about you know a decade old. yeah, it, uh, maybe two thousand ten or so was when it got started. I had friends because I was writing and uh, submitting traditionally and almost got published traditionally with a book. It wasn't sci-fi, but this was quite a while ago. People would say, oh, have you thought of publishing it yourself? And I I sort of believed the line that was, oh, no, well, real publishers won't touch you if you do that. And I wish I had jumped in earlier. I published my first self-published, my first book in 2011 on Indie published, as I say, on Independence Day in 2011. And that was actually a political thriller. And I, I love that book. I haven't gone back to that genre at all, but um, it's called Running. And it's by Patrice Fitzgerald. Um, and it's very, um, it was when we thought we would soon have a woman president. And this is about uh, two two women, both the major, two, both of the two major parties had nominated women vying against each other for the presidency. Anyway, has nothing to do with science fiction. But um, if I had um, known better, I would have jumped in earlier, 2010 or so. and just gotten uh, a lot of different writing going on in the same genre, skipping, skipping around the genres is a lot of fun for the writer, but not as great for the yeah, yeah. selling machine, you know, yeah. sticking with the same thing is better. So, um, but anyway, so I brought that up because uh, s- s- self-publishing is pretty new, but it gives us this incredible freedom to do whatever we want. Nobody says, oh, that's not going to sell. I mean, you can tell yourself it's not going to sell, but you can write it anyway, publish it anyway, and maybe people will find it. And, or maybe you just get grand satisfaction uh, over having written it and putting your heart into it and creating something that's excellent for you. You know, you wanted to have it out in the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like recently, like before I was like, oh, this is like a lifelong thing. I've been doing this since I was 14. I was like, I want to get this and that. And then Recently, I'm like, well, I think it'd be really cool to, like I teach, you know, and I'm like, eventually I'd like to reduce, um, like I coach a lot and stuff. I'd like to reduce those things. And my main goal would be to, you know, to have enough books and enough income where I could take the summer off and not have to teach summer school and, you know, spend time with my son and my nephews and, you know, travel and, you know, do some fun things. I'd love to make enough to one of these days where I could hire my two buddies and, you know, we just kind of do whatever, um, you know, go to shows or seminars or something like that. But for me lately, I'm like, oh, I just think it'd be so cool for my kid to grow up and be like, oh, what's your dad do? My dad's an author, you know, like, to me, like, that just just sounds really cool. And my dad actually wrote poetry back in the day. And I think if indie publishing was more of a thing, I think, you know, he would have, he would have done really well you know i'm actually trying to he doesn't watch anymore because there's too many of his interviews so it's nice but um
1: <laughs> you can talk about it <laughs>
0: well as part of his father's day thing i am trying to um send some of his i'm trying to type up his poetry and i'd love to self-publish his poetry myself um you know just so he could have that you know have done that he published a couple years and years ago I think it'd be cool to put them all into a book. So for Father's Day, that's one of the things that I'll be doing. So I think I found a couple of pretty cool covers, I think, um, just on like a couple of pre-made ones and stuff. But I just thought it'd be, I thought it'd be that's interesting to do that.
1: Wonderful. You know? so, yeah. Wow. What yeah, a so nice gift. Really
0: cool. I know, yeah, right? Cool. So I hope he likes it. So I think it'd be, I think it'd be pretty cool. So, and you never know, like he might sell something, you know, like I'm putting everything um, you know, into particular account form and stuff. And I'll just like manage it myself or whatever. Um, but yeah, so I'll be, you know, covering the cost of that and stuff, um, for some editing and stuff like that. But yeah, I thought it'd be, you know, and, um, you know, figure out the spacing and stuff. I'm got a couple of people that are helping me out with Bellum and a couple of things, but I thought it'd be a really cool thing. You know I was, was going to
1: say, I have, uh, you, I told you I have a publishing company too, Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah, we've yeah. done a couple of poetry books, just oh, cool. two, I think maybe three, oh, cool. The the, um, the layout with po- poetry can be the challenge. But if, you know, if you have any questions, let me know. So. No, I
0: appreciate it. Yeah, I'm hoping that, you know, I'm hoping that I definitely want to get that out there. I think it'd be a really cool Father's Day gift for them. And I think it'd be cool for my, you know. My well, you've
1: got my... time, right? You've got a little, little bit of time for that.
0: Well, my mom and I, we we have scanned them. So now I have, that's actually why I've like reduced some things that I'm doing and stuff. Because I that's like one of the things I really want to do um I think it'd be really cool so yeah I'll be once the baby is like sleeping or not sleeping I'll just be typing Uh, so I figure I get get through three or four you know I think there's about a (laughs) hundred um so you did quite a few um yeah so I'll be um you know just just typing because he he did it all on typewriter um back in the day Mm -hmm. you know one of my grandma's typewriters that I actually used to write some of my first stories oh wow yeah so it's just pretty cool so yeah so it's it's neat but yeah self-publishing like you said like you know Gives you the ability to do stuff like that, you know. And I have, I have like people always ask me. They're like, "Well, what are you working on?" I'm like, "Well, my I have a couple side projects, you know. I have one. It's like a, um, oh, I can't say because it's a complete surprise. But um, I have one that's really <laughs> cool that is like a mash of genres. And I don't think a traditional publisher would want it. I think that it's going to do really well. And I think a tr- I think somebody would want it eventually, you know. I think it'll sell really well. It's like my secret project. I have a historical urban fantasy with um where the ninth legion go well zombies were in the uk and they go and my crew ends up being like a i got a couple of people that end up becoming like a monster hunting crew in ancient times you know and it just it's nice where you can literally do anything you want you know cool as long as you can find a spot for it to go and do it well you know i feel like indie publishing you know like my own fantasy series i've been working on for a long time i just like you know, I'm excited to self-publish those. I miss the Forgotten Realms and Dragonlance books. So I'd like to fill that niche a little bit. But yeah, indie publishing, I think you just you can literally do anything you want. And, you know, with short stories, you can do whatever length. My prequel novellas, I can pretty much do whatever. I'm trying to do three of them and then we're going to put them in into an an- my own anthology. Um, mm-hmm. That way I got like four products instead of three before the first um, official novel comes out. Uh, But it's nice to be able to, you know, to have that ability to do that for marketing purposes and, you know, to save on costs and things. I just think that, you know, it's it's just nice, I think, to have control, (laughs) a little bit more control.
1: Sure. Yeah, that's a big plus. So so you're a teacher in in real life.
0: Yep. Yep. What do you teach? I teach history. Yep. Social studies.
1: Okay.
0: A lot of. A lot of it pops up in what I do, what I write. Great
1: fodder for a writer, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: like my friend, he's always like, oh, you, you know, a lot of cultures and things, and it was nice when we moved out west, you know, we got a lot of, I've met a lot of people over the years as a teacher, and, you know, a lot of people from a lot of different places, and we've gone, you know, quite a few places, you know, in the United States. I love to travel abroad. We miss going to Portugal and Spain, unfortunately, with the pandemic, and supposed to go to Japan <laughs> a few years ago, and uh, that didn't pan out um right before the pandemic um which I guess luckily I had the money <laughs> to go through the pandemic with instead of going to Japan but yeah it's uh yeah it's it's always fun to you know to see those things the kids are always asking me questions and stuff I'm like well it's like this and you know different um like different governments you know that I write about and stuff or you yeah. know different historical events and add a little bit of fantasy or sci-fi to it you know and I think that, my, I was always teasing my mom, I'm like, you know, I'm like, don't make a lot as a teacher, but never know as an author one of these days, you know, like, I think that, <laughs> you know, it's given me an interesting perspective, I think, a lot of times, and um, it's interesting to see what people have, and how, you know, have done in history well, and have not, and I think it's interesting to put those enduring issues and conflicts into a fantasy or sci-fi story, so, be, be kind of interesting. People seem, that I talk to about stuff, seem interested, so... I'm hoping that that interest, you know, carries over into sales and reads and stuff like that. But yeah, so you have,
1: um, you've you're getting things lined up to release several things in quick succession.
0: Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. I why? just, uh, the uh, sci-fi for me has been, I love sci-fi. It's been hard to quantify my ideas in different ways. I don't know why fantasy and urban fantasy is just a little bit easier for me to write. Um, mm-hmm. I've been holding off. I have a couple of things that lined up um oh like the first like six months of kindle bella i have like three different series two are fantasy and then i'm working on a sci-fi one it's funny you mentioned i got like a mining crew uh that Uh gets into a lot of trouble in space uh because i was like we'll take something that is realistic that we'll need in the future and they go to different you know asteroids or planets or moons Mm and and mine and I think it's interesting to pit them up against different things. And I'm always wondering, like, you know, it's great that Han Solo and these guys are doing stuff, but what about the everyday person? You know, like, what kind yeah,
1: of good. You know, regular job? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. So I was teasing um, oh, a couple of people on Twitter where they're writing like cozy fantasy. I said, I'm going to write cozy sci fi. And really, I'm thinking, like, well, I guess it's not cozy because you're going to have like aliens or they like there's a couple of wars that, and battles and things, you know, they have to still do their job through and stuff. But, you know, well, tell me,
1: because this is news to me. I've written some cozy mysteries and I've published uh, I have another author that I published. She's written a lot of them. But um, I have not heard of cozy fantasy. And maybe you've just invented cozy sci-fi. So I think I did. I definitely
0: did that one. Well, cozy fantasy (laughs) is like I guess I was explaining. So I was listening. I'm totally blank on Travis's last name. It's like the fourth interview. Uh, But he wrote Legends and Lattes. And it's interesting because it's still set in a fantasy setting. But there's really, you know, it's more about the people in the book and not necessarily these bigger conflicts. And that gave me the idea where I'm like, Oh, my gosh, I'm like, well, that's like, you know, Firefly in a nutshell. And I thought that's what made it so interesting was that the stories were about those people like, sure, the movie, you know, I didn't like the movie as much as the TV show, because the movie was more about those bigger conflicts. And I liked it, but not as much as the show And the show was like, I understand trying to just get by. I understand getting screwed over. I understand not being able to, you know, have enough money to, you know, you either have to pay rent or food or car insurance, you know, and that's the same thing with a spaceship for them, you know, and just barely making it by. And, you know, and I, I understood all that, you know, you got to deal with the man, you know, the, the yeah. empire there, basically. Yeah, we definitely
1: have that going on in in the Starship Nameless Captain. Oh, world. that's cool. They're, yeah, 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 they're barely holding together the ship, literally, yeah. and they don't have enough yeah. to pay anybody, but they're so loyal to their captain that you know they yeah. stick around. So
0: I consider that cozy sci-fi. Like I interesting that to me, like nobody's talked about that. They talk about it in fantasy, and it's a newer thing in indie fantasy, calling it cozy sci or uh, fantasy. And I, I've only heard that really, like the last, like I'd say since I started the podcast, about sixteen months. Um, but yeah, I, I can, there's, but there's stories where I'm like, oh, well, that's like cozy sci-fi then there's sci-fi stories that I've read, you know, that have been like that, you know, and So I think
1: you just invented it. You invented <laughs> the term. There you go. Well,
0: you know what? I, I like to invent new genres and things <laughs> on here. So we'll, we'll count that as another one. We'll add it to the t-shirt pile. As we always say, we're, collecting <laughs> <t-shirts, so. laughs> uh, but we'll go with that fifth one there when it comes to your worlds or your world building. Um, I was curious at what steps you take in order to make your world uh, feel more unique. Or well, worlds. That's,
1: yeah, I, uh, lots of different worlds. Um, I would say that one of the things with the um, Starship Nameless, Captain Wu books is um, the variety of worlds. That's what's, you know, when you're dealing with a lot of different planets, uh, we have a frozen world we have a desert world, um, we have a mechanical world, we have a um, a place that shows up that's not a planet, but it's almost big enough to be a planet that is uh, basically a space station. And it's the, I don't know what's the closest, it's the, n- not really the Las Vegas, but maybe the seedy Las Vegas <laughs> of space in um, in this world. And it started out as a small space station and it's been built on and built on and built on and it rotates you know uh in order to create artificial gravity but it rotates at different speeds and gravity levels because of you know where you are on the circumference and um it's sort of the free-for-all of the guy well you know of course the prototype would probably be the uh the bar in star wars oh yeah i'm not doing it very well but you you catch the tune (laughs) um and so there's there's you know there's gambling and there's fighting and there's strip joints and you can buy anything there and uh they it's sort of extra legal you know nobody's really watching very carefully so um the 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 different worlds I would say is what makes it particularly interesting and and makes it compelling because you, you can create everything and anything in one book or certainly in one series.
0: No, it's fair. Speaking of worlds, out of all of your worlds that you guys have created or that you've created, what would be the one that you would want, or maybe even the one place on one of them that you would want to visit the most and why?
1: Well, the, um, in the third book, well, it's referenced in the second book of that first trilogy, Starship Nameless. Um, but in the third book, there's a place called uh, Paradise. Mm. <laughs> it sounds like a cliche. It was, um, it's a place that was um, peopled by actually a not quite religious group, but more like a group with a, a philosophy of peacefulness. Talk about cozy, you know, Yeah, they, um, they want to, um, cultivate things they are healthy. They want to be kind to each other we, the, the characters don't are not there very long. So they, you just get a glimpse of this world and you'll see more of it in, in future, um, series that are, that are interrelated, but, um, I don't know that it would be, um, it might be a good vacation spot. It might be a little too serene and too mm-hmm. idyllic to really want to spend uh, a long time there but who knows depending upon your personality it could be person it could be perfect for you but it's kind of like a exactly that it's the perfect place and people are nice you're yeah. not going to be shot at although <laughs> when the main characters come into the picture there sometimes is some shooting they disturb the piece literally yeah. but not on purpose Uh, so that's probably paradise is the place that i would probably want to at least visit if not live there
0: oh that's cool well when it comes to characters and creating exciting characters that your readers can relate to uh, what do you do to ensure that readers will be able to connect with them and either cheer them on or even boo them at times
1: i think it's um uh, a couple of different things Uh, obviously personally they have to be interesting um be um competitive in the sense that they take on challenges Absolutely. um be have some heart to them the the heart isn't always going to be good happy or friendly it can sometimes be you know brave passionate or even angry but um and along with that they have so so both internally and externally they need to have a lot going on so they they he or she the character has to have some um um activity certainly but that's that's usually not a problem in sci-fi you know there's the there's the battles and the the aliens and and uh, the new worlds the first encounters um but in in, along with those kinds of externalities, there's gotta be some internal stuff, some heart and even some moral to the story. In the case of Captain Wu and her granddaughter in particular, there's this generational bond mm-hmm. where um, the granddaughter wants to be like her grandmother and uh, Captain Wu, whom you don't really think of as a grandmother, cause she's so kick-ass. Yeah. Oh, sorry, is that all right to say? Yeah, you're
0: fine. We, we put <laughs> a, what do you call it? We put a rating on everything. You can,
1: <laughs> you can bleep it. It's, it's a pretty tame word. I could say worse, but I won't, <laughs> um, but she, um, so the granddaughter wants to be kind of like uh, Captain Wu, but Wu is like, honey, you don't want to do that. This is not a stable life. Yeah. I want you to be happy. I want you to be safe cause she's almost, she's getting, you know, in danger all the time. She almost gets killed several times. So, uh and that's sort of the moral thread that goes through the whole series. So there's not a lot of, there is there romance in it? No, there's no romance in the first trilogy but I think there's going to be romance in the second trilogy. But it's hard to have time for that. You know, and, when you yeah. have action space opera it's not that they don't care or they don't have desires, excuse me but um they don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're busy being shot at or, you know, racing from one planet to the other. So, but I try to put it all in there. That's what makes, you know, just like real people. That's what makes them interesting.
0: Oh, that's a great answer. I like how you said that internal and externally have a lot going on. I think that that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's yeah. a good way to describe it because if they have just, they're just have, I think that's some of the problem in the past with, certain sci-fi was like there was a lot going on with characters externally but internally it's like okay how many um golden haired (laughs) like guys do you have in space shooting things up and you know without a real problem or care in the world you know you want
1: to you want to care about them yeah you don't care about them and it's just a body count or a you know rocket ships launched and destroyed account so but that's not easy really to weave all of that in so it takes takes some doing as a writer
0: yeah yeah for sure well that was a great answer how about this one i'm interested because we talked about this before we started recording and it's been an interesting one to ask authors Uh, if you could have any skill or magical power from one of your characters what would it be and why
1: well there's a lot of different characters in uh well and and i could include in my anthologies there are millions of characters um there is a story about a living spaceship and i don't want to be a living spaceship but um there's a person that um is responsible for the care and feeding sort Ah. of of the spaceship because it's organic and um That character is um, very... Now Now people are going to have to read all eight volumes and search through to find this story. (laughs) Here's a hint. It's the first story in um, one of the anthologies. And I think it's the three anthologies ago, but I'm not sure. Um, So this is Beyond the Stars. And um, I just think that that is a really interesting symbiotic relationship because this is a a human and um she's the ship's doctor and but but it doesn't mean the doctor to the people or the you know whoever creatures on the ship she is the the doctor to the ship and um she's responsible for keeping it healthy because in turn the ship obviously provides the the structure that the people are traveling in and also know the air they breathe and the food that they eat and all of this so and that becomes um sort of uh the main point in the story and it's i i i've gotten the chance to read and to publish a lot of fantastic short stories in the sci-fi genre through this anthology series and um, talking about it makes me realize how much I I missed doing it in 2022. So I think I'll I'll do one this year because that'll be fun. T- 2023 that is, and um, that's that's one of my favorite stories. There's a lot of tremendous favorite stories that I've published, but that's one of the very best. So I'm not even going to tell you the title. So you all have to go on a on a uh, scavenger hunt. Sure. I, the hint. <laughs> The hint is that it's the first story in one of the books. I think I'm telling the truth. If I'm lying, people are going to read every single story in all the Beyond the Stars series. So that was my plan all along.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Master master of advertising. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. You gave me some great ideas there, too, actually, for a a doctor um, that I have on one of my ships. So thank Mm. you for that. I will be discussing those details with you later because you just gave me some really good ideas there so this is why I interview people because they'll say one little thing I'm like oh I've never thought of that and then all of a sudden it's like bam solves a major problem or at least makes characters you know more enjoyable and you know speaking of internal external conflicts you know I think a a doctor on a ship having to you know service a crew that's not all human you know and all different you know categories interesting so that's really cool. Well, that's awesome. That's a great answer. I love, I'm so glad that, you know, I like I told you, I found that on Twitter. I'm so glad that a friend suggested that I use that. It's, I've just gotten some, some great answers. So that would be really cool. I think as well. That's awesome. Well, we'll go right there with that last one there, Patrice. Do you have any news updates, promos, or current projects that you're working on that you can share with us?
1: Well, I think I've probably talked about most of them. I'm going to do a 2023 uh, Beyond the Stars um space opera anthology that's the whole title space opera anthology and um the challenge is always coming up with a new subtitle i have oh gosh i have the three over here i have across the universe and i have infinite expanse and i have best of that was that actually has stories from the first four um i've had a galaxy's edge etc but i have to come up with a new (laughs) and a short title a subtitle so um I will, um, I'll be doing that. And I also have the next trilogy. It's called, it's the Rev trilogy. Uh, Rev uh, is a character in the Starship Nameless universe. And she's very interesting. She's trans, which is uh, just barely, barely mentioned in the first trilogy, but it becomes clearer in the second one. And um, she's quite the quirky character. She's She uses a lot of drugs. She reads uh, swashbuckling Victorian romances, lesbian romances, and she is an incredible pilot in the in the vein of um, you know Harrison Ford and people like that. Uh, she gets them through out of all kinds of fixes, and she uh, in this new trilogy is uh, has her own ship, um, mm-hmm. and it's more of figuring out exactly what's going on with the. Um, nameless universe which is a universe that has like many layers there's individual um to talk about that internal and external <laughs> inter- individual characters having their adventures there's the um the calm the commonwealth which is the benign sort of we think it's benign but maybe not um all powerful uh, governing body for the for the you know the galaxies and then there's something else beyond that that is really only hinted at in the first few. So anyway, so I'm working on those <laughs> with Jack Lister, my uh, fabulous and uh, incredibly speedy uh, co-writer who's off in Australia. Uh, I don't think he sleeps. He does his <laughs> I- IT coding during the day, mostly during the day. He used to do it at night sometimes, too, but not so much anymore. And he writes at night and uh some one of these days see i if if i get a chance in between books i have to go over to australia and finally meet <laughs> That'd be cool. them. so that's that's what's going on those two things will certainly keep me busy yeah. and i also have uh, i have a couple of pen names um they're not in the sci-fi genre i write some um, cozy mysteries and i write um which i'll also be going back to and i write some jane austen centered, slightly sexy, Jane Austen was not so sexy, but slightly (laughs) sexy stories, uh, again, under a pen name. Um, And um, of course I publish people. I I publish others and I package books for people who, for example, if you didn't know about self-publishing and you came to me and said, I wanna publish a poetry book, I would put all that together. So my plate is full and I'm a singer and an actor and a director and a former attorney but I don't practice I used to practice intellectual property law so yeah. I always have and I have a dog I have to walk and you know <laughs> life uh, and kids grown kids uh so yeah lots going on no no okay. problem finding a way to fill my days
0: so. <laughs> I say sounds like it there <laughs> that's awesome well I definitely know that feeling <laughs> and we're soon we'll for more of it too but yeah well that's awesome. Well, I just want to remind the audience that anywhere where you find this video or this audio recording, that you can find Patrice's work um, in the description. And you know, we really want to run with that season two theme of anytime that you you know are buying a book for an author, reading that book, you know, we really love particular for Audible to really whatever people have. If you get you know review that product, that's the easiest way for you know people such yeah. as Patrice and anybody else that we have on you know to sell more and then create more. So that's that's my main thing is. I want all the things so you guys could continue to do that for people like Patrice you know we'll all be happy and get all the stories and things but
1: can I throw one more thing in go right ahead go right ahead um i i forgot to mention and i've been deeply involved with this the first year they did it this sci- self published science fiction competition which is we call uh space fic for short spsfc uh, which is uh sort of inspired by Bow. Science, uh, self-published fantasy, Spiffbo. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, sci- self-published fantasy um, competition um, that uh, has been going on I think for eight or 10 years and is very successful. So last year was the first year for uh, the science fiction one and um, Captain Wu, the first book in the first trilogy uh, that I wrote with Jack Lister won third prize Oh wow! Um, so we were very excited about that um very cool and this year I'm a judge so I've been very busy reading um the entries we just kind of got through the um got out of the reading the whole pile of books that came in quite a lot of books and getting people into the quarterfinals and then you know we're going to semifinals etc um and that will actually be announced um i'm not sure exactly when it's announced but um spring spring or summer sometime and so that has kept me busy but i want to encourage people to um enter their books if you're a writer um it's free and uh, it's lots of fun and you get some exposure because people who are doing the judging write uh reviews and put them sometimes on amazon and sometimes you know on their own uh blogs etc um and um go ahead and uh, check out the books yourself and read them so that you know it keeps getting more and more people interested because it's a it's a great thing to give some put, to put some of these sci-fi books in the spotlight that are self-published so thanks for letting me get that plug in for them oh yeah I yeah can...
0: yeah that yeah that'd be excellent <laughs> yeah That that's the one way why that's another way that I find people as well is through contests like that so anytime that one of those comes up I write it down and I'm like I'm like hunting every day on there (laughs) for months so yeah that's that's an awesome plug right there well Patrice if there's anything you know I can do you know between now and you know the time that this releases in the spring or you know if there's you know anything that we can do at all to help you out on any of our social media platforms or anything like that just you know shoot me an email you know let me know on Twitter and I'd be more than happy to share anything or, you know, send things out for you, you know, in any way that I can. But like I said, if there's anything I can do, just let me know and, you know, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll get it done for you. So
1: thank you so much. That's fabulous. This is this has been lots of fun. So I appreciate it. Yeah. And time.
0: Time. Yeah, Like I said, uh, you know, too, in the future, I, I probably feel to mention. Um, but, yeah, I'll be sending email for this interview. But, you know, in the spring, you know, we'll be shooting stuff for season three. So if you guys, you know, get closer to something you know, and you, you know, you want that out there. We'll be more um, into the release dates, like closer. This is like, like I said, far in advance um, because mm-hmm. of my baby, but we'll be more in the, you know, couple weeks ahead and things like that in the spring. But, you know, if you want to come back on and, you know, you'd love to have, you know, Jack come on as well. If we can, three of us can find a great time, you know, that'd be a it, really it cool.
1: It might be one of those two in the morning things, you know, yeah, the, the cool. baby cries cool, you get though. up.
0: And... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd have a little co-host, so. Yeah,
1: oh, <laughs> yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah, do you know what you're having?
0: Yeah, you we're having you? a boy. Yep. Oh, so. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Was, I can already tell he's going to be a handful like his uncle so. <laughs> <laughs> his cousins. But yeah, we're excited. <laughs> but yeah, well, Patrice, thank you so much. It was a pleasure and like I said, I'll be sending you an email and you know, I look forward to talking to you some more on social media and figuring out what you guys are doing behind the scenes, but other than that, I hope you guys have a, you know, great rest of the day and thank you right. so much for coming on.
1: Thanks. This was really fun. You made it easy.
0: Oh, thanks perfect. a lot. We tried. We tried. <laughs> well, I hope you have a good rest of the day. I will talk to you later, my friend.
1: Okay. Bye-bye. Bye
0: bye. Bye.